नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ंगटेडेशमेवाचार्यंगीपेनुभाटेडेशमेवाचार्यंगटेडेशमेवाचार्यंगटेडेशमेवाचार्यंगटेडेशमेवाचार्यंगटेडेशमेवाचार्यंग
you know, different words in the Sanskrit language for mercy. Kripa, Gaya, Prasad, Maya is also another word for mercy. Here's one word. Anukampa means mercy. So that's Krishna's mercy. Krishna is offering, I'll be merciful to you. To who? As Krishna states in the previous verse. Kisham satata yuktanam ajitam kriti kodikam tadami buddhi yogam tam vinamamu to those who are constantly devoted to serving me with love, Krishna says, I give them the intelligence by which they can come to me. Or as Prabhupada used to say, if you make one step towards Krishna, Krishna made a hundred steps towards you. Preeti Purvakam, to those who are serving Krishna with love, Krishna responds to the loving attempt of his devotee. But then how does he extend his mercy? Krishna says, I give them the understanding by which they can come to me. In other words, Krishna gives the strength and the intelligence required to help the devotee cross over Maya. It's not simply that Krishna waves a magic wand and all of a sudden Maya goes away. Still, we have to make our endeavors to cross over Maya and come to Krishna. But Krishna helps us. Krishna is ever willing to help us. He also wants to see that we are sincere to make our endeavors to serve Him. At the same time, His help is absolutely essential. And the extension of His help to us is simply His wonderful mercy. So this is the special quality of the personality of God. Generally when people think of God, they think of the supreme power. And they think of God, he's so powerful, he creates this world. But they don't know how powerful he is. He's not simply the creator of some tiny little world. But millions of universes come from his body as he breathes in and breathes out. <coughs> The Supreme Personality of Godhead, not even his original form, but Mahavishnu, who is an expansion of Sankarsha, who is an expansion of Balaram, who is an expansion of Krishna. <coughs> Krishna's extended, expanded form from him, millions of universes. And even this material world, it's only a tiny part of the, it's, in comparison to the spiritual world, it's only a tiny part of the total existence. So how great God is, people have no idea how great is Krishna. But even his creation of millions of universes, that is not his greatest law. He is unlimited qualities and opulences, and all of them are auspicious for the, for all living beings. Ananta Kalyana Guna Vishishta, he is decorated with unlimited transcendental auspicious qualities. He is all beautiful. No one can imagine how beautiful he is. Kandarapa Koti Kamaniya Vishishta Shoga, his beauty is such that he attracts millions of cupids. Cupid is he who, uh, he, by his shooting his flower arrows, he uh, expands the material, attractive beauty principle by which every living being in this world is deluded. But Krishna defeats Cupid by his, by his own beauty. Krishna overwhelms any beauty that Cupid can produce. Cupid, that, that word must be derived from Latin, but the original is... Uh, Sanskrit, Kamadev, he who increases lust. So Krishna is all beautiful. 
He is all powerful. He is all opulent. He owns everything. There is no end to the qualities of Krishna. Even Lord Brahma, who is the most intelligent and knowledgeable person in the universe, he concluded that even if you could count all the atoms in the universe, you could not estimate the qualities of Krishna, because there are many, many more. But among all his qualities, what is the most important? His most important quality is his extension of mercy and importance. This is the most amazing thing about Krishna. It's not so amazing that he can create and destroy millions of universes. To us, that is amazing. It's not amazing that he knows everything past, present, and future from every angle of vision. It's not so amazing that he's in the heart of every living being and that he's controlling the wanderings of all living beings. These are certainly amazing, inconceivable qualities, but they do not compare to his quality of mercy. This is the most attractive quality of Krishna. Krishna is all attractive. His most attractive quality is his quality of mercy. We know from Bhagavatam that Shukdev Goswami, he was within the womb of his mother. But within, even within his womb, he was a self-realized soul. So he didn't want to come out of the womb. He thought, well, in this womb is, is all blood and mucus and so many horrible things. But at least I can't get in my hair. At least if I stay here, I can just meditate. If I come out of the womb, my mother and father will be so nice to me and they'll say, Gaga. Now get in Maya. So by his own mystic potency, he decided to remain within the womb. So after uh, after about 12 years, we asked the deity, what to do? I'm writing all these books. My my wife's been pregnant for so that's 12 years. So he wondered what to do. So he thought, let's call Krishna. If you have any problems, call Krishna. So then. Krishna spoke to Yasa's mother, to the, to the child within the womb of Yasa. He said, uh, Do you think you could come out of that? He said, No. Too much Maya out there. See, and they didn't even have TV in those days. It's really called a staunch Brahmacharya. They really wanted to avoid Maya. So Krishna said, Well, if, if I give a blessing that uh, I promise that you won't get in Maya, will you come out? So Shri said, Okay. So he came out. Still, he wasn't very impressed. And when I came out, and you know, it's just what I thought. It's all this family business. And so, so not in Maya, really but you know, what's the use of hanging around here? So he was already fully developed and grown up. So he started leaving home. So the Asadev wanted to bring him back because he thought, as a father, it's my duty. I have to give him the upanayan on some sky. I have to. I have to see that he's initiated as a Brahmana. He has to study the Vedas. So how am I going to bring him back? He's already a self-realized soul. He's not even interested in the Vedic social duties. So what do you do to attract a self-realized soul? You have to tell him something about Krishna. That's later on, uh, Swami was asked by the sages of Naimisharanya, why Shukadev, he was already self-realized, so why did he undertake the trouble to study such a vast literature of Srimad Bhagavatam? He's already self-realized in 18,000 verses, why should he bother reading it? So what's the answer? One of the answers is one of the most important statements of Bhagavatam. You can say what the answer is one of the most important statements of the Srimad 
Atma Rama, even the self-realized souls, even those who are satisfied within themselves, they become attracted by the qualities of Lord Hari. Therefore, Srivadeva Goswami was attracted to study Srimad Bhagavatam. So Vyasadeva, he had been compiling Srimad Bhagavatam and he knew that it was pure nectar. Nectar even for the self-realized souls. So to attract Shukadeva Goswami to come back home, Vyasadeva had some of his disciples recite Srimad Bhagavatam on the road on the path where Shukadeva was passing. So as Shukadeva was going on the road through the forest, he heard these verses and the verses describing the qualities of Lord Hari. As he was walking, he was listening. When he heard the fourth verse, he changed his mind. Thought, I'm self, I'm satisfied in myself, but still I want to know more. What is this scripture you were reciting? And then he saw who's reciting his disciples of his father. So how have you learned this scripture? And obviously they learned it from their guru, from their father, Shukadeva's father. So Shukadeva understood everything. That my father wants me to come. Shukadeva wasn't interested in in the formalities of social life, but he was interested in hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. Therefore, he went back to his home and heard Srimad Bhagavatam from his father. Same thing, Bhaktisthansa Svartako never thought of Bhaktisthansa as his father in a material way. He always saw him as a great guru and acharya. So anyway, what, what was the content of those verses that inspired Shukadeva to give up his determination to renounce his home? Vyasadeva had selected certain verses describing the qualities of Lord Hari. Fourth of the verses that was recited particularly attracted Shukadeva's attraction and his attention. That is a verse from the third canto of Bhagavatam in which Vidura uh, is glorifying the qualities of Lord Sri Krishna. He was hearing the qualities of Krishna, the pastimes of Krishna from Maitreya Muni. When he, he heard that when Krishna killed Putana, Rakshasi, Putana, that after killing her, he gave her the same position as his own mother. Now, Putana was a Rakshasi, a very nasty She took pleasure in sucking the blood of young children. She was very nasty. So when you see a young child, you think, oh, nice. And you want to pat them, give them some sweets. Yeah, any young children. Young children are the natural object of affection. So when Putana saw young children, she also thought, how nice, nice fresh children. It was a rakshas, full of all demoniac qualities. She performed so many simple activities, killing so many children. Actually, in her previous life, she was the sister of Bali Maharaj. Bali Maharaj, he was born in a family of demons. He was personally not a demon, but everyone else in his family, except his grandfather, Prahlad, they were all demons. They were all descendants of Hiranyakashi. So Bali Maharaj had a lot of association with Prahlad, so he was a great devotee. But all the other members of the family, they were just normal demons. Nasty, mean, demoniac. So Bali Maharaj's sister, her name was Ratnamala. So when Vamandev first came into the sacrificial arena of Ramandev, everyone appreciated what a beautiful young woman. So even Bali, 
even Bali Maharaj's sister. Oh, what a nice young boy. I would like to have a beautiful young child like that. But who is his fortunate mother? I would like to have a child like that and feed the milk from my breasts. A motherly feelings were evoked. See, even among the demoniac people, they, they give pain and trouble to each other and to others. But even their own children, they have loving feelings towards. So she was thinking like that. But later when Baman Dev showed his true colors and cheated Bali Maharaj and took away all the opulence of the demons, then Ratnamala thought, I'd like to kill her. So, in the next life, she got the chance to try to kill Krishna. No one can kill Krishna. And bringing her demoniac nature, she killed so many children. But when Krishna sucked out her life air, he removed, by, by, by doing that, he nullified all her offenses. And he remembered that in a previous life, she also wanted to treat me just like my mother. So, all right, now you be my mother. Your offenses are all vanquished. Now you get the same conditions. You may think, well, how could she become his mother? There only have one mother. And even if you think there are so many incarnations, but they only have one mother each. Although Krishna had Devaki as one mother and Yashoda as another, but that's only two. So how can you how can you become situated in this uh, rasp of treating the Lord as her child? So you see there were unlimited cows, sorry, unlimited, yeah, unlimited cows and unlimited cowherd families in Vrindavan. So when Brahma stole all the cows and calves, then Krishna expanded himself as all the, uh, as all the cowherd boys and calves. When, when Brahma stole all the cowherd boys and calves. Because all the cowherd men and women who are the same age as Nanda Maharaja and Yashoda, they all desired. Actually, we would like Krishna as our son also. In Vrindavan, all the cowherd men and women, they all love Krishna even more than their own children. So when Krishna came and stole their butter, actually, they pretended to be, and actually they were very pleased. But they were thinking, actually, we'd like to have Krishna in our home and regularly feed him and bathe him and clothe him. So when Krishna expanded himself, in the form of all the cowherd boys, all the gopis and gopas, they got that opportunity. And all the cows also got that opportunity, because they had Krishna as their cows. Krishna. So Krishna is very merciful to his devotees. And he's even merciful to someone who has a tiny inclination to serve him. So Vidura was astonished to see the mercy of Krishna, that this, uh, this Rakshasi, she deserved to be thrown in hell forever by the Christians. According to the Christian theology, God is so kind and merciful and loving that if you make the mistake in one lifetime and don't believe in Jesus and eat beef like a good Christian, then you go to hell forever. But here we have the real understanding that if there is a little information to serve him, he will overlook so many offenses and give you that opportunity. So this is the most attractive quality of our Christian. How merciful he is, how kind he is. How much anxious he is to take us back to him. He is far more anxious to take us back to God than we are to go. You see, we're chanting Hare Krishna. Sometimes you think it's Krishna. Most of the time we think it's Maya. But Krishna is always thinking of us. He doesn't stop thinking of us. He gives us the intelligence for Krishna. 
which devotees should I serve? What does it mean to serve the devotees? Well, there's all kinds of functions, like distributing prasadam to the devotees, cooperating with all the devotees in all the different services, complete distribution, organizing festivals. Serve all the devotees. If we're serving prasadam, we don't say, hey, you're not very advanced, I'm not going to serve you. Serve all the devotees. <laughs> is it my fault that I can see faults in others, or uh, is it uh, the real, real situation that these faults in others do exist? They may exist. Everyone in this material world has some faults. But it's our fault if we dwell on their faults. Rather, we should try to see the good qualities in relationships. It's understood that everyone in this material world has faults. But if they're chanting Hare Krishna, then, oh, that's far more important than millions of faults. From what might be called a practical point of view, we, we may be aware of different people's idiosyncrasies. We may be aware of different people's idiosyncrasies. You know what that means? Idiosyncrasy means... Uh, Personal characteristics often means not very desirable personal characteristics. Yeah, from a practical point of view, if for instance we know that someone has a tendency to be irritable, even though they're a devotee, then we may behave with them in such a way that they are less likely to become irritable. So that is practical. Well, at the same time, it's, you know, we should see, is it, is it our service to find all the faults of everybody else. What does fault mean? Fault means um, some improper behavior, improper attitude. That is produced by <coughs> lower consciousness or undeveloped consciousness or lack of developed consciousness. So really, um, if we're to help others to come to a higher standard, we ourselves have to be on a higher platform of consciousness. Then we can raise, we can help others to come to a higher level of consciousness by which those faults will be overcome. Otherwise, if we simply see others' faults, then that may be a manifestation of our own lower consciousness. Unless we're on a higher level of consciousness, we don't have the means to, to help others come up. That's really why the most important thing for us is to raise our own consciousness. And if we do that, then automatically others around us will come up to a higher level of consciousness. If they're blissful, enthusiastic, always ready to serve, happy to chant the holy names, then others will also pick up on that. There's a saying in English, example is better than precept. You say that in Russian? Better than just telling someone, hey, you're in mind, is ourselves to not be in mind. And that the happiness that comes from being Krishna conscious will inspire others also to be Krishna. Even if faults are there, that's understood. You shouldn't dwell on the faults of others. That is not Krishna consciousness. Do you know that story of the Brahmana and the prostitute? That's in one of the small books, isn't it? Which book is that in? Yeah. Can you remember which book that's in? No, 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 no. Now, what the story is, there was a Brahmana living close to a prostitute. And the Brahmana very properly followed all the religious principles, and he used to berate the prostitute. Berate means? Chai, chastise, criticize. You are such a master. She used to think it's true, I'm such a rascal. Somehow or other I got in this position, I don't know how. I don't know how I came to be like this. And now that Brahmana, he's worshipping Vishnu, he's such a pious soul. I wish that I could worship Vishnu. So she was thinking like that. Brahmana was keeping a watch on her home. And every time she got a customer, he'd throw a rock. So gradually a pile of rocks filled up. And every time he saw her, he would look at the pile of rocks and look at her. 
So what happened when the Brahmana died, where did he go? He got born in the womb of the prostitute. And the prostitute was always thinking that Brahmana is such a great devotee of Lord Vishnu, I wish I could serve Vishnu. So in the next life she got the chance to serve Lord Vishnu. So we're not recommending that you take up simple activities. But the point is that we should not make a profession at all. It's not healthy for Krishna consciousness. And when someone is always criticizing others, I know that and this and that and did you hear about that? You know this and this guy's not good and it's good just like vomiting. Let it glorify Krishna. What is sincerity? What is it to be sincere? Sincerity means the desire to serve Krishna without any personal motive. Some call for my brahmachari book? No. Because sometimes uh, people tell me, I read in your brahmachari book in Russia, and I say, well, I, I didn't write that. She asks whether a child can wear uh, a supper or to live with a small child. Small child? Well, you know, it's like a kind of decoration. The old Brahmacharya means to live in the Guru to live in the ashram of the Guru. You can do a few minutes. If a devotee is very inimical uh, to materialistic people, how can we help him to get rid of his attitude? Well, improvement comes by preaching. That's one kind of envy, actually. Krishna speaks in the Bhagavad Gita about the devotee who is very dear to him in chapter 12. That uh, the first two lines describe the attitude of the devotee towards Sarva Bhutana, all people, all living beings, not only that he is Advaishta, he is, he is not inimical towards any living being. He's a friend to all and merciful to all. So, in our preaching, yes, we use strong terms. Prabhupada used strong terms. Prabhupada used very strong terms to describe non devotees, those who are against the sense of Words like rascals, fools, nonsense, animals, cats, dogs. These are all words that Prabhupada regularly used. But you see that. Uh, his personal dealings, Prabhupada is very considerate. And sometimes Prabhupada would be very strong, even with non-devotees, just to bring them to a higher point of consciousness. Even with devotees? With devotees, with non-devotees also. I can't imagine how strong Prabhupada was. Many times when your own disciples, they were just absolutely shaken by him. Once, once Prabhupada came to a place, they cleaned up after taking prasad and all the prasad was dried up and stuck to the floor. Prabhupada was so angry. And claiming he was brahmanas, but he just matches. went on and on. So one devotee got out his penknife and started scraping out the thing. Prabhupada looked at him disgustedly and said, Why don't you use it to cut your throat? There's another time one devotee, girl devotee, she was always touching everything with her feet. And Prabhupada was always chastising her, don't touch things with your feet. So one time she said, Prabhupada, I might as well just cut my feet off things. Yes. Prabhupada was extremely happy. One time one devotee said to Prabhupada, Prabhupada, I'm the most fallen. Prabhupada looked at him and said, you're not the most angry. You're simply insignificant. So Prabhupada was very strong. At the same time he was very loving and kind. He was strong, but he wasn't sentimental. 
and he knew how to lift people up. He pointed out that material life is no better than animal life. That's the same. Yeah, he pointed out that yeah, human life without Krishna consciousness oh, is just animal. Life. Yeah, because we said that human life is like animal life. <laughs> but at the same time, he was able to lift others up out of them. So, if someone's not able to lift others up, then should maybe be a little cautious in his condemnation. <laughs> in the science of self-realization, there's one. You see, there's one section. There's a letter from one lady called Lynn Ludwig, in which she writes to Prabhupada, and she says that I met some of your followers, and they're very negative towards materialistic people. And don't you think you should teach them? She was respectful, but she said, I think it'd be more befitting if they were more loving. So Prabhupada gave quite a lengthy and very nice reply. And said, Yes, it's very nice to talk about love. The actual fact is that this, I can't remember exactly the language probably is, we said the actual fact is that this material world is miserable. There is nothing good about it. So, Prabhupada said that especially those who are new in Krishna consciousness, they're trying to protect themselves from Maya, so it's not surprising if they become, if they're apparently imbalanced in that way in, in apparent negativity. But at the same time, he wrote to her that they've dedicated their lives to Krishna. So that is glorious. Prabhupada is hinting that you're not really in a position to criticize them. Some uh, strong dislike of material life can be quite helpful. That may, in the course of time, the devotee may become more mature and see everything in perspective and see how to deal with different people. And as his Krishna consciousness develops, that seeing every person as more and more as part and parcel of Krishna, someone to be preached to, we should caution devotees not to. It's, it's very easy to disturb people and turn them away from Krishna consciousness. So it's a great art to preach strongly, but right. in a way that others will be lifted up. Generally, newer devotees are not very expert in that. Newer devotees are not very expert in anything, but it's, at the same time, it's, it's good to maintain some discrimination that actually materialistic life is nonsense. If we if we think that, you know, well, it's all very nice and everything's nice and everything's good and that's that's not. The actual fact is that materialistic people are all nonsense. That doesn't mean that we should hate them, nor should we think that we ourselves are very advanced devotees. Rather we should think that by the mercy of Guru and Krishna I've got the chance to understand that this is all nonsense and become purified. And uh, I've got the chance to try to give that opportunity to others also. If anyone has to go, make sure they get some prasad. Do you have prasad for them? Where you distribute? Did you distribute the books? Uh, for how long? When? I'm where? still distributing books. Right, Yagi Priya? I'm planning to distribute some books today to you, all of you. you see, what Don't run away. Can you dwell, dwell on how you distribute the books? Can you tell some stories? I'll show you a story. In fact, we can do it right now. Why not? She rushed as she drunk. Anything auspicious should be done immediately. Okay, bring me the box. Bring me the box. Yeah, I'll bring the box. Material life is nonsense, but if everyone understands it at once, so it doesn't mean that there will be no material world anymore? Yes. Chant Hare Krishna and go back to Godhead. No more need for factories, only dancing.
dancing and singing of Krishna. I saw here in Lipitz some big factories are closed down, huh? so people must be very sad. We have something, if you don't, if you're not working in the factory, then you have time to read Prabhupada's books. Now this book, you see. Prabhupada <laughs> <laughs> questions or life comes to me? Yeah. This is the This is the first book that I read. Krishna book. I was absolutely bewildered, absolutely in Maya. Doing a little better now, I hope. And Prabhupada's mercy. This book saved my life. Does everyone have this book in their home? Krishna Leela, Krishna book? Do you have this? This is a special mercy for the Russian people. That Krishna has arranged that you have a very long, cold, dark winter. So you can sit at home with these books and read them and be in ecstasy. All you need is love. Krishna. So we would like to request everyone to make your home Krishna conscious fully. Fill up your shelves with Prabhupada's books. By reading these books, you become Krishna conscious. And when you become Krishna conscious, then you become happy by understanding Krishna. What could be better than that? Therefore, Prabhupada said, he requested all his disciples, please distribute my book by which people can get knowledge of Krishna. And if you distribute these books, you also become happy because Prabhupada becomes happy and Krishna becomes happy. And when I distribute these books, I also become happy. So I'm going to ask everyone here to do something to make me happy. I've come to your town, so you please do something to make me happy. And you'll also become happy. All you have to do is empty the money out of your pockets and fill them with Prabhupada's books. Money comes and money goes, but the book stays in your house. That is your eternal benefit. How much is this book? For 40 rubles. See, now 40 rubles people spend and it's gone. Yes. What do people buy? They buy vegetables, clothes, soap, different things. Maybe some video. If you buy this book about Krishna, you can read it again and again. I've read this book many times. I don't even know how many times I've read it. I didn't keep account. Every time I read it, it's like nectar. More and more nectar. So anyway, let's get practical. Uh, we have so many nice books here. Nectar. Nectar of devotion. Prabhupada. Story of Prabhupada. You like stories? He has the most extraordinary story of the 20th century. How an old man from India changed the religious history of the world. Single-handed. Because the culture of the Western countries is meat-eating, gambling, illicit sex and intoxication. So how Prabhupada brought hope into the life of millions of people is described in this book. So we have many books we want everyone to take. Yeah. This is 40 rubles. This is only how many rubles? 30. This is only 30 rubles. This is Bhagavad Gita. If you don't have Bhagavad Gita, you must, must, must take this book. How much is this? 40. And if you do have it, you should also take it. And give it, give it to your friend. If you really want to be a friend of someone, give them Prabhupada's problem. This is Prabhupada's book. How much is this? 30. And... How much is this one? 6 rubles. I will sign it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not going to go on your score. 